friend. I want to remind you to share these teachings with friends and family members, invite others to watch, and we thank you for doing so. And I am so thankful that you are listening and you are growing in the Word of God. And friend, I want to remind you, as you are being blessed by these teachings, you've heard me say this, if you've been listening to me, I would ask you to prayerfully consider blessing us back with a financial donation so we can produce more programs and bless many, many other people. So friend, would you consider blessing us back by donating right back into this podcast ministry? That way we can reach out to many more people. We have a very safe and secure website. You can donate right there. And the website address is drruthtanyi.org slash donate. Again, drruthtanyi.org slash donate. And you can do that anywhere in the world. All you need is internet access. Okay, but if you live in the USA, you can also donate through Zelle using your cell phone number and our ministries. Uh, Zelle cell phone number for donations are, please write this down, 909-501-9031. Again, that telephone number for Zelle donation is 909-501-9031. And we also receive donations from Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Again, the dollar sign, Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Please, we really need your financial support so we can pay for studio time to uh, produce these programs so we can bless uh, many others, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us financially, and together we are advancing God's work and transforming lives. Again, we thank you. Friend, open your heart to, to receive the blessings from these teachings, and God is going to bless you richly today. In Jesus' name, here is the teaching. Dr. Ruth continues with her teaching today. Welcome. Praise the Lord. I greet you in Christ Jesus. Welcome to today's session. I am glad you are really learning from the Lord. I am learning and growing myself. I am really experiencing a lot of growth, just learning these chapters and teaching you and just being open to what the Lord is teaching us. So welcome to today's uh, teaching. I am Dr. Ruth. We are advancing here in the book of Deuteronomy. We are almost halfway through. Deuteronomy is where Moses is in a way giving his last lecture to the second generation Israelites, preparing them, reminding, reminding them, reiterating God's laws so that when they get into the promised land, they are rooted and grounded in these laws. So that is what is happening here. So today in chapter 16, the gist of this chapter is that Moses would reiterate how they have to carry 
the instructions for the Passover. And also, in this chapter, he would remind them about the divinely ordained festivals that the Lord had instructed them to carry out. And I discussed the Passover and these festivals already in the book of Exodus chapter 12 and also in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 and in the book of Numbers chapter 28. So I have gone over all of this in depth. I recommend you go back and re-listen because here I am going to just briefly touch on some of these verses, trusting that you would go back and re-listen to the detailed teaching I had offered in the previous books, which is why I always say that it is so important that people get the first five books of the Bible together and listen to them in context, because this is just further explanation and expounding on the laws. Okay, so let's begin here with verse 1. I am in Deuteronomy chapter 16. Moses uh, went on to explain to the second generation Israelites, observe the month of Aviv and celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God, because in the month of Aviv, he brought you out of Egypt by right. Okay, let us pause here. He brought you out of Egypt by night. Let me pause here. If you recall, like I discussed before, just a quick background, the Passover was a significant major event in the life of the Israelites because it was when the death angel passed over the homes of the Israelites and struck dead the firstborn of the Egyptians. This was when they were in Egypt. And then as a result of the death angel killing the firstborn of the Egyptians, Pharaoh finally allowed the Israelites to exit Egypt. Okay, so the Lord had given them an ordinance to celebrate this event. So that is what is happening here, just to bring into your remembrance the significance of the Passover. But like I said earlier, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of this uh, Passover because this has been fulfilled in Christ. And today we celebrate the Lord's Supper, okay, or a communion, like some people would call it, where we symbolically eat the broken uh, bread, which uh, symbolically represents the broken body of Jesus Christ on the cross. And we drink the uh Wine or the vine, which symbolizes the blood of Jesus Christ. So uh, by doing that, that Passover was fulfilled in Christ. So we no longer celebrate the Passover as uh, Christians. Okay. Of course, the wine I am referring here to is non-alcoholic drink. Okay. Verse 2. 
sacrifice as the Passover to the Lord your God, an animal from your flock or head at the place the Lord will choose as a dwelling for his name. So the Lord just went on to give instructions how the Passover had to be celebrated. In verse 3, Instructions are given there that they have to eat unleavened bread. And if you remember, like I explained in the book of Exodus and Leviticus, and even in the book of Numbers, that they, during the Passover, they had to eat unleavened bread for seven days because that uh, symbolizes how the Israelites left Egypt in a hurry. And that uh, eating of that unleavened bread also symbolizes how we as New Testament believers should obey the Lord quickly and in a hurry. All right. And as we, you come close to the end there of verse 4, the Lord is warning them that no yeast is to be found in their possession during those seven days. Of course, I had talked about how in Bible studies, yeast represent a type of sin, Okay, that we have to cut out of our lives. And um, also towards the end of verse 4 there, they have to eat the Passover meal that same day. Nothing has to be left or nothing is to be left for the next day. Again, highlighting how God is their provider and God would meet their needs on a daily basis. Towards the end of that verse 4, it reads, Do not let any of the meat you sacrifice on the evening of the first day remain until morning. Again, just like what I was saying, any of the meat they have to eat during that whole Passover event has to be eaten on that same day. Nothing is to be carried over to the next day teaching and training these people to rely on the Lord daily. And that is still applicable today. <laughs> Jesus teaches us in the New Testament how each day has its own problems of its own. We should just focus on each day at a time because the grace of God is sufficient for the day. There are people who want to plan out their days, weeks and months in advance, and they want to anticipate and worry about day number seven. But then they've not even lived through day number one, but they are worrying about day number seven. Please, we should approach each day, day by day, and just trust God's blessings, provisions, directions, and guidance for today. Tomorrow shall come with his own problems. And when tomorrow comes, God will be there to guide and help us. That is the principle. For everything we do in life, nothing wrong with having a plan for one week, for four weeks. That's all fine. But we should live each day by its day, day by day. We should trust God for today's provisions. We should trust God for today's blessings, for today's protections, for today's directions. And deal with tomorrow when tomorrow comes. So that is the same principle that the Lord was teaching these Israelites during the Passover. Eat the meat for today. Do not carry it over to tomorrow. For tomorrow I will provide. Okay. Verses 
5 all the way to the end of verse 8 uh, goes on to give more details about the Passover, how they have to sacrifice it at a specific place that the Lord would choose and giving them specific instructions again how to eat the unleavened bread and then on the seventh day they are to hold an assembly to the Lord that is out of verse 8 there so that brings us to verse 9 and verses 9 all the way to verse 12 we'll talk about the festival of weeks again I discussed this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 to 22. And I also discussed this in Numbers chapter 28, verses 26 to 31. And if you recall, the uh, festival of weeks was also called Pentecost. So let's take a closer look at verse 9 there with the instructions from the Lord. Count of seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain. Verse 10, then celebrate the festival of weeks to the Lord your God by giving a freewill offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. It is really amazing how a lot of these festivals are really tied into the harvest time for the Israelites. You have to remember like I said before, the, the Israelites or the Jews were mostly farmers and shepherds, okay? So as farmers, we see the Lord tying these festivals close to the harvest time. One reason for this is so that they can see their bountiful harvest and really come to the true realization that it is the Lord who is truly blessing them. And obviously, as a result of that, the celebration would ensue. Okay? And in verse 11, the Lord went on to tell them to rejoice before the Lord in the place that he would choose. And also, just to go back there to verse 10, the Lord had also said that when they uh, bring to him their free will offering, they should do so in proportion to the blessings that he has blessed them with. Boy, isn't that what I was just saying in the previous chapters about God loving a cheerful giver? We should give in accordance with how we are blessed. Okay, that is what is really highlighted. So applicable today. Uh, going back to the whole principle of tithing, there are some people who are not able to even do 10%. Again, 10% is just a, a guideline. For some people, 10% is too much, but then give whatever you have. For others, 10% is nothing. They can afford 40, 50%. Well, give with a joyful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. So we should give in accordance with how we are blessed because God knows that anyway, it, it is the Lord who blesses us. So the more blessing, the more giving you have to give to the Lord as you desire in your heart. All right. So the rest of those verses, the Lord just went on to explain how they have to celebrate their 
blessings. Their sons and their daughters, the males, the females, the servants, and the Levites in the town. They should not forget these people during this celebration time. Again, we see the heart of God for the poor, the fatherless, and the widow. Okay, God is telling them right there in verse 11. That as they rejoice at the place that he would choose, they should not forget the fatherless, the widows, and the Levites. Verse 12, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. So the Lord is reminding them that now that you are going to the promised land, don't forget the poor people. Remember, you yourself were poor slaves at one point. All right. That brings us to verse 13 which is the festival of tabernacles, verses 13 through 17. We'll talk about that here. Moses will remind them about celebrating the festival of tabernacles. And I discussed this in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. I also discussed this in the book of Numbers, chapter 29. So if you want details, you can go back there and listen to those chapters and verses there. But here, if you recall... The festival of tabernacles was to be celebrated for seven days. It was also called the festival of booths. And it was supposed to highlight God's protection and guidance in the lives of the Israelites. If you recall, during these uh, seven days, they were to live in temporary shelters. As a way to remind them that at one point in their lives, they were themselves strangers in a foreign land. And obviously they lived in the wilderness for some time. So now that God is bringing them to this promised land, when they get there, they still have to celebrate this festival of booths or festivals of tabernacles, whereby for seven days they would live in temporary shelters just to remind them how God brought them out of the wilderness, how God brought them out of a land where they themselves, they themselves rather, did not possess their own homes, and how Lord brought them to a land where they have possessed. So that is the highlight there in those verses talking about the festival of tabernacles. And in verse 14, the Lord said they have to be joyful during this time and they should not forget the widows, the fatherless, and the foreigners. You know, it's really interesting how the Lord had to train these people how to celebrate and enjoy their blessings and how to be joyful. Wow. Today in the New Testament, we are told to be joyful at all times. We are told to rejoice in the Lord always, in good times and in bad times. So this principle still applies. Today is a daily thing. We are joyful for the blessings in our lives. We are joyful for God's protection on a daily basis, for God's provision on a daily basis. We have much to be celebrated. We have Jesus Christ who died in our place. So we should always, always be joyful, 
regardless of the circumstance, because it could be worse. So that principle is still applicable today. We come to verse 16. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. So we see an ordinance here for the revelation, how three times a year they were supposed to appear in front of the Lord with a free will, in essence, with a blessing. They should not appear empty-handed at a specific location that the Lord would choose. Wow. Today we can approach God any time, any hour with our offerings of praise, with our, with our financial giving, with our, with our thanksgiving to the Lord. We can do that any day, any hour. And really, we should. All right. We come to verse 18. This is interesting. Verses 18 through 20. The Lord would give the Israelites instructions on how to appoint judges and officials for each tribe in every town that the Lord would bless them with. And the Lord would give them specific instructions that the judge should not display injustice. Verse 19 reads, Do not pervert justice or show partiality. Do not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the innocent. So true today. Boy, isn't this true? That when you offer a bribe to someone, they are blinded to the truth. And we serve a God who is just. Justice is one of the core attributes of the living God of the Bible. So we see the Lord speaking through Moses to the second generation Israelites that when you get into the promised land, you assign judges and officials to rule over the various tribes in each town. But these judges must carry out justice. Bribes are not allowed. Verse 20, follow justice and justice alone so that you may live and possess the land the Lord your God is giving you. We come to verse 21. One would again give them instructions to not worship idols. Do not set up any wooden Asherah pole besides the altar you build to the Lord your God. Again, I had explained earlier how the Asherah pole was a way that the pagan nations worship their false gods. Remember, the Lord had given the Israelites instructions to destroy these poles. So we see the Lord here warning them that when you go there, do not set up these altars with these poles, just like the pagan nations do. Verse 22 reads, And do not erect a sacred stone for these the Lord your God hates, because these were all practices by the pagan nation, which is still today. The, God, the Lord is telling us not to behave like the unbelievers, not to practice their ways, because they are essentially driven by their fleshy desires, and they are blinded to the truth 
in God's word. We should not take our advice from unbelievers. We should not imitate what unbelievers do. We should not admire the ways of the unbelievers because it is a dead end. They are blinded. We should only follow the ways of the true living God in the Bible. Same principle applies today. That brings us to the end of chapter 16. Before we go, I want to remind you to visit our website, drruthtanyi.org. That's D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. And check out our event page and sign up for one or all of our upcoming events. While there, remember to subscribe to Dr. Ruth's monthly Bible teaching e-newsletters so you can start receiving more life-changing teachings. If Dr. Ruth's teachings are a blessing to you, we would like to know that. So would you please send us an email and let us know? Here is our email address, info at drruthtanyi.org. That's I-N-F-O at D-R-R-U-T-H-T-A-N-Y-I dot O-R-G. You can also find Dr. Ruth's simple and practical teachings on YouTube. Just search for Dr. Ruth Tanyi Ministries. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch Dr. Ruth's Bible teaching videos at your convenience 24-7. Remember to click the notification bell on YouTube after you subscribe. That way, you will receive alerts when we upload more Bible teachings. I am Chris Horam, and may God's abundant blessings chase you today. In Jesus' name, amen.